Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Before we get into the episode, I want to remind you guys of Starting Small Summit. I'm hosting my first live in-person summit in Mishawaka, Indiana. Just like the podcast, we're going to be hosting amazing speaker panel, and you're going to be there as the audience in person. We're having out the founders of Reebok, Stacy's Pita Chips, Be Bold Bars, JBL New York City, and Glow Science. I can't wait to see you guys there, and make sure to check the link in this podcast description on how to purchase tickets and where the summit will be exactly. Hope you guys enjoy the episode. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small, a podcast about brand development, entrepreneurship, and innovation in the modern world. In this episode, I'm joined by Zach Fleshman, founder of Shark Wheel, reinventing the wheel with three-dimensional sine waves. Before the episode begins, I want to mention that there is a couple points of connection issues. Other than that, I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to Starting Small. Today, I'm joined by Zach Fleshman of Shark Wheel. Zach, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Very, uh, very happy to be here. Of course. So I'd like to start out with your upbringing. Uh, where did you grow up and what was your childhood like? Uh, wow. Um, I grew up in Playa del Rey, California, for the most part, uh, which is part of Los Angeles. And I've always lived in Southern California. Um, I, wow, my, my upbringing was really just playing sports. That was, that was my entire life. I played pretty much every sport until I was 12 and then decided to commit everything to tennis. So I was a tennis player and played several hours a day, every single day for many years. Um, I, uh, had a lot of success in junior tennis, um, and then went on to, uh, play at UCLA, played in the national championship at UCLA. Wow. And then went on the pro tour for about 10 years. So that was my upbringing. Wow. Tremendous. Uh, growing up, would you say you had an entrepreneurial mindset, uh, sell any products or lemonade stands, anything like that? Um, yeah, I think that'd probably be fair to say I had, I probably had more of a sports mindset, but, yeah. um, I also had that, you know, thing in the back of my mind that I always wanted to create something or have something of my own from a business perspective. And, um, it was always sitting there on the back burner in my mind after sports was done. Definitely. I'm curious, uh, with your tennis background and going to UCLA, uh, what did you study there and was your main focus on sports and was that your aspiration as well? It was, yeah. Um, you know, I've always been a science nerd, so I've been you know, my hobby, my whole life, probably the, the most, um, common book that I've read is in physics and cosmology. I, uh, I pretty much read every single book until I hit a dead end where all the books were uh, pretty much a repeat of each other. Um, so I was always interested in that. I never took any classes at UCLA while I was there. Um, truth be told, I was trying to keep my academic uh, workload to a minimum so I could focus on my um, my budding tennis, uh, you know, career aspirations. So. That was really my focus at that time. Um, and I always knew that I would get back into the science of it. And that's actually how I found Shark Wheel was through my scientific um, curiosities, I guess you could say. Wow. Uh, following school then, uh, you're moving on to this tennis career. I'm curious, was this full time or did you have any other jobs at the time or what did that look like? Yeah, um, it, was, it was full time. Um, since the, since I was 12, I had made a commitment to myself, to, to my family that I was going to be a pro tennis player, period, just wow. 12 years old. That's what it was going to be. Um, so every thing I did went towards that goal. So, so yeah, I made many sacrifices growing up, um, you know, missing my high school prom and, you know, other typical stuff that, 
uh, many high schoolers do, I always put tennis first and uh, that continued, uh, you know, during my UCLA days as well. Mm. So I'm curious, you mentioned, uh, this is where shark wheel comes in your scientific background. Where did you end up meeting your co-founder Patrick then? Yeah. Um, so again, I was always interested in science. My, my coach and fitness trainer at the time would travel with me to certain big tournaments like the U S open or um, other big tournaments in the States. And he would always make fun of me for reading science books. He's like, why don't you read something fun for once? You know, you have a lot of downtime. Of course, when you're traveling, taking planes and trains and automobiles and, uh, I'll say this is fun. This is my favorite thing to to learn about, to discuss. And so long story short, um, I had a very bad injury. Actually, the week that I reached my career high ranking on the ATP tour, I got up to number 11 in the United States and 127 in the world. And that week that I hit my high ranking, I flew off of a mountain bike. So I got severely wow. injured. I ended up having to get four shoulder surgeries over several years. That person that I was introduced to, ended up being David Patrick. I was just inter- interested in the science, just love talking about it. And we actually started to slowly form a business relationship and it had nothing to do with Sharkwood. I didn't even know that he had invented that. Um, it was a separate invention about a wind and water turbine. So we started a company when I was done with tenants um, and it was picked up by the Los Angeles Clean Tech Incubator as the most promising wind and water turbine technology. Wow. Um, and after about 10 months of knowing David at our offices in Los Angeles, he brought in what's now known as the shark wheel and rolled it down the hallway. And my, it blew my mind. It was like this square looking object that rolled. Yeah. And so he said, I've never showed that to you before. I was like, Nope, I've never, you never showed it to me as a wheel. I said, I, you know, in your discovery, you know, it's all over your discovery in terms of the shape of it. Cause it's found all throughout nature, Yeah. but I didn't know it was a wheel. And he's like, ah, I can't believe I never showed this to you. I've had this for about seven years. <laughs> and I said, seven years. And he's like, yeah, you know, I just show people for fun. And so I was, you know, my first thought was we need to get a patent on this today. Um, I can't believe you're showing this to me. You know, I've known you for almost a year. You never mentioned it. Yeah. And um, so that's what started Shark Wheel. We ended up turning our attention towards Shark Wheel, launched a Kickstarter campaign, and um, it took off from there. Wow. Your first uh, vision of that prototype. I- I'm curious, what did that look like? Does it look like the Shark Wheel we see today? Um, yes, it does. Um, in, in a very... Um, garage level form, I guess you could say it was, it was basically copper tubing that was soldered together, um, in by David in his garage. Um, so it was kind of just like a, a rusty piece of metal that was, you know, formed into a shape Yeah. and lo and behold, it, it rolled. Um, and it wasn't too long after that I saw it roll that we realized it had actual advantages. That's when we knew it was a real business when it had advantages. Can you explain uh, kind of what were those advantages? Would you say uh, were a part of that wheel then? Um, so basically what, what happened was we realized it had advantages of a wheel and of a very wide wheel in one shape. It basically was a thin wheel and a wide wheel. And so it had the same advantages that a normal skinny wheel has. It maneuvers very well. It's very well. It 
um, has low friction. Um, it, it's anything that a skinny wheel can do, but also does everything a very wide wheel can do. Mm. So a wide wheel um, goes over rough surfaces very well, or it goes over uh, not uh, soft terrain very well. So if you want to bring a wheel through the sand at the beach, as an example, you need a very wide wheel. A skinny wheel would cut like a knife in the sand and dig a hole. Yeah. Well, a wide wheel wouldn't do that. So when you have our wheel slipping in the sand, it cuts a, a contact patch just like a wide wheel. Mm. So it was very interesting that just based on the geometry, it could behave like a thin wheel on a hard surface, and it could behave like a wide wheel on a soft surface. So you kind of get the benefits of both. Yeah. And then in our, in our basic testing, when we would just do very simple tests, we would realize that, wow, this geometry physically pushes little objects left and right and pushes them out of the way. Whereas a normal wheel acts like a steamroller and tries to go over objects, yeah. a shark wheel moves like a snake around them. Wow, very neat. So I'm curious from the customer's POV, uh, how does the board feel when riding on a shark wheel? Uh, looking at the design you have behind you as well. Yep. Um, so if you were blindfolded, if it was a skateboarder and they couldn't see what wheels they were riding on and they were blindfolded and they were on a smooth surface, mm -hmm. you wouldn't know what wheel you were on. They would feel identical. You, you couldn't possibly, you just have to guess what wheels you were riding on. But the second that you went to rough terrain, and let's just say there's normal everyday pebbles and twigs and acorns and I don't know, whatever's on the ground normally, mm -hmm. uh, cracks in the road, um, that's when you're going to notice a big difference. Um, so a shark wheel would actually feel smoother over rough terrain because of what I just mentioned and how it can deflect objects uh, left and right out of the way. So we reduce the shock. And so when you ask, how does it feel? Well, it reduces the shock as well. And that's a, just kind of an example of, of how it does it, how you could imagine uh, an angled wheel reducing shock. So I'm curious, what were the marketing strategies that you did uh, to persuade the average rider that this wheel is simply the same as another wheel, but smoother with advantages? I think that that's going to be a lifelong uh, pursuit to educate yeah. you know, consumers and potential consumers of what our wheel can do. You know, that is one of the cool things about us, but it's also one of the challenging things is that we do have an education. It's some people get it quickly. Some people take longer to get it, but uh, either way it does require an explanation. Um, yeah. So from a marketing perspective, that's, you know, sometimes tough is to come out with fun, cool, interesting content. That's also educational. Um, and yeah, it's just a challenge. So we try the best that we can to relay that message. And I think, you know, the narrative has changed. When we first launched, one of the things that we did was we went on a site that's now defunct. It's called Silverfish Longboarding. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was the biggest longboarding website in the world at the time. And we got a lot of negative feedback. We hadn't even made the wheel yet. It was still a Kickstarter idea. It was just an idea. We didn't even know how to make yeah. the wheel. It took us a year to figure out how to make it. But in mass production, it was very difficult to do that. Um, wow. But we got so much negative feedback because everybody thought it was just a gimmick and it wouldn't work. There's no way this would work. This is a fantasy. There's no way this would even roll. You can tell and people trying to pretend they're scientists and play that game. And so what we did was we reached out to 33, I think it was 33 
of the most negative. I don't. I can't call them a reviewer because they didn't even. We didn't. They didn't have True. a wheel to review. But the the thirty three most negative, most outspoken people, and we, and when we finally got the wheels, we sent them free wheels, and they became our biggest advocates. Um, wow. So they said, "Look, we gave these guys a really hard time, and yeah, they made some pretty wild claims. But you know, I have to admit that this this is the real deal." And so that really, you know, was the first thing that started to change the narrative. And then, you know, over time, we've had thousands of five star reviews on Amazon, verified purchase reviews. So people started saying, "Wait, you know, this is not the company saying." that this is a good product. These are actual people saying that this is a good product. So it's taken time and it still will take more time to keep convincing the public. And that's just in yeah. skateboarding. Um, since then, we've moved on to several other industries. Certainly. Uh, talking on your Shark Tank visit then in 2015, uh, I've had a couple other alums on the show uh, prior. I'm curious, what was that experience like being a fairly new company at the time still uh, for you and your co-founder? Yeah, so we um, it was an amazing experience. We we shipped our very first set of wheels. I believe it was the middle of May, twenty fourteen. We filmed on Shark Tank September like first or September something like wow. that. September first, twenty fourteen. So yeah. we had just we had just shipped our first wheels a few months before we filmed. Um, we didn't air until the season finale, uh, which was May of twenty fifteen. Mm. Um, so it, it took us a while to actually air. Frankly, we didn't even know if we were going to air. Um, yeah. They don't tell you if you're going to air until two weeks before your air date. So we were waiting months to hear from them. And, you know, it was like, oh, we still have 15 episodes left. We still have 10 episodes left. We still have five. Now we're sweating it out. We have two left. And wow. we ended up getting the call. So it was amazing that we were on the season finale. It was so cool. But just the experience of being on the show. You know, I was a student of the show. It was my favorite TV show. And yeah. I'd watched every single episode and, you know, knew the potential pitfalls that companies make. And, you know, our whole goal of going on the show was we were shaking hands no matter what. Like there's nothing, there's no way. So we really lowballed our valuation and we got permission from our investors and our whole team that we were going to go in at a very low valuation. Um, and they actually gave us a higher valuation when we, uh, when we did the deal on the show. So when we shook hands, it was at a higher valuation than we had offered um, in wow. our pitch. Very cool. Talking to uh, other alums prior as well, um, they they noticed a website traffic uh, spike after their air. I'm, I'm curious, when your day aired, when your show aired, did you guys notice a spike as well? We did, yeah. It wasn't like a million people visited the site. It was like a yeah. consistent stream of like a couple hundred every second throughout the whole night you know, wow. and going into the next day. And at the time it gave us our best sales month uh, by a very large margin. We had been selling wheels, I believe almost a year to the exact date. So it was by far our biggest sales month. Um, but, you know, from a sales perspective, obviously it helped us uh, a lot, but more so what it did was it opened doors for us to work with major companies. Um, Certainly. You know, if I had cold called, I'm just making this up, you know, um, some Fortune 500 company and said, hey, you know, look, at, I have the crazy wheel. You want to talk to me? Um, <laughs> you know, I think just being on the show gives you this halo effect where they're actually calling us. So yeah. it gave us this invaluable halo effect and it gave us this medium where it gives you this instant credibility where it ne shouldn't necessarily give you that credibility, but it does. It gives you this yeah. thing where it's like, 
wait, you guys are on Shark Tank. Like you guys must have been vetted or something like that to just be on the show. So we yeah. had these big companies calling us, which was just, that was the biggest part of the whole thing in my Certainly. opinion. Um, and so since then we've signed deals, you know, with Harley Davidson, Samsonite, you know, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, PGA Tour, the Olympics, so many different major companies that we never would have, in my opinion, uh, been able to get without Shark Tank. Wow. So what does a deal like that look like? For example, Harley Davidson. Um, so yeah. so all the ones that I just mentioned are all licensing deals. Um, okay. We actually, our most recent one is with the U.S. military. Um, so all the ones that I mentioned, they are like Samsonite, for example, is the the biggest uh, luggage company in the world. They own many different brands like Tumi, and so those are all licensing deals for luggage, or backpack, uh, travel bags, duffel bags. For the U.S. military, it's deployment bags. Um, so they're all in that genre of of, of stuff. So we're on, you know anything from the Los Angeles Lakers backpacks to the New York Yankees duffel bags to the PGA tours, golf bags to stuff like that. So yeah. they're all licensing deals for us in that regard. Amazing. Uh, looking at shark wheel today, uh, are you guys at any retail locations or is it hundred percent e-commerce? Um, we're definitely at retail locations. Um, we had, um, our, our strategy since day one was to not be perceived as a gimmick. That was yeah. number one on our list um, since we started the company. A lot of people thought it was the coolest thing they ever saw. A lot of people thought it was the worst thing they ever saw. It was very polarizing. So people have very strong opinions just looking at this thing. Um, yeah. So we felt it was our duty to make sure that we sold at a premium price, that it was a premium product, a high performance product. We've always paid top dollar for you know, all the materials we use, we, we spare no expense. Um, we have to have amazing reviews. Um, so that's been our goal. Now, in terms of retail versus online, the vast majority of our sales historically has been online. But with that said, we do have distributors around the world. We do sell into thousands of retail shops around the world. Um, and just three years ago, we decided to go into Walmart for the first time for a kid's line of products that was branded under Shark World Junior. Um, wow. And we thought that now that we've established ourselves as kind of a more premium product, then we can have the luxury of selling to kids. And that's what we wanted to do. We really wanted to make a push where Shark Wheels weren't so crazy for kids. If they could grow up with our wheels on their products, then we would you know, we basically be the Pepsi to the circular wheels, Coca-Cola. We'd have an option yeah. for the first time for consumers to pick what wheels they want on their products. And so 2022, actually this year is the first time ever we're going direct into Walmart. We've always gone wow. through a distributor. Um, and now we're making like a, a very big, big box push. Um, so we have electric kids cars coming out this year at Walmart. We have, um, you know, flying discs like Frisbees. We yeah. have uh, various different skateboards, roller skates. Um, so we're making a big push for kids in Walmart. Amazing. Congratulations on that. Uh, what do you see as your main customer's use, uh, both demographic and riding style for the wheels? Um, what, what's our customer demographic? Yeah, and is it so, just uh, 
uh, writing wise also. Uh, yes. Yeah, so if you're focusing just on skateboarding as an answer for that, just in yeah. the skateboard world, you know, we play, we doubt, you know, we, we have different segments of our skateboarding division, I guess you could say we, we have kind of our kids line of products. We have, um, you know, a cruiser, um, which is mostly used for transportation purposes. So we have, um, you know, that, that's really where we shine from a performance perspective is just the average everyday person riding a skateboard that's just using it, whether it's to go to work, go to class, whatever it's for, um, just cruising around where they're going to have a much better experience riding our board compared to a traditional board because of the performance of our wheels. We're going to be able to take you over that rough terrain better. Um, and that's where we really shine. Now, we also have electric skateboards that we introduced roughly 18 months ago. Uh, that's been one of our best selling products. Um, and yeah, we have a whole, a whole line of whole line of boards, all different materials, all different types. Amazing. I like to conclude each episode with this. If you could share one piece of advice with an aspiring entrepreneur, uh, maybe something you've learned or regret, what would that be? Uh, yeah, it's a great question. The first thing that jumps into my mind is we won a government grant through the National Science Foundation. We've actually won three over the last three years for our farming wheel. Um, and they the government makes you go through this amazing program called the I-Corps program. And in that program, we learned through data that, you know, when you analyze millions of businesses over the last many years, what makes a successful business compared to a not successful business is listening to what the customer wants. So yeah. making sure that before you spend any money, before you dive headfirst into your business, to make sure you know exactly what is the customer want and what are they willing to pay for it. Instead of coming up with an idea that you have and then trying to see if it's something the customer wants, yeah. it's kind of a backwards model where the traditional thing is you build a business model, you build projections. They're saying that that's backwards. You actually got to go the other way. And that's something that I've really taken to heart that I think has really uh, helped us tremendously and that we've used fully with our farming wheel that commercializes this year um, is making sure that we check every box and we know exactly what our customers want and what they're willing to pay for it. Definitely. Well, Zach, thank you so much for joining me. And to the listeners out there, make sure to check out Shark Wheel at sharkwheel.com. Hey, thank you for listening to this episode of Starting Small. If you would, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. Also, follow Starting Small Pod on social platforms to keep up to date on future guests.